Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Truth in the Age of Socialism. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Today is Tuesday, February 22nd in the year 2022. And tonight we're going to dig into a deeper part of what we've talked about last night. Last night we discussed the form of warfare we're in, which is the fifth generation, a combination of both fourth generation and fifth generation warfare. Tonight we want to get into this new concept of what they're going to push on the world, which is more of a concept of socialism and the greater truths, which in fact is more something closer to corporate fascism. And we'll get into all that very shortly. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the landing page for Bards Nation. And that is the place to find some of the best deals going right now where for everything on MyPillow. Your promo code is Bards. Take a quick listen to this message from Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Retailers, shopping channels, and now even banks have tried to cancel myself and my pillow. Well, during these times, your support has meant everything to us. So my employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you by passing the savings directly onto you. We're selling the best products ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have my standard size my pillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Or you can get custom fit with my premium queen size my pillows, regularly $79.98, now just $29.98. Or my king size, regular $89.98, now just $34.98. So go to mypillow.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1 800 number below to receive this exclusive offer. If you do it right now, I'm going to include a free gift with your purchase. Thank you and God bless. All right, Patriot says mypillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards, and that's the place to get all the great deals. You can use your promo code anywhere on the MyPillow site, the My uh, Store site, and the FrankSpeech.com site. You can also call 800 975 2939, 800 975 2939 to speak to a Patriot Pillow counselor, and they're happy to help you out. So check that out. It's a great way to spend your dollars in the right way for things that I'm sure everybody can use at the house, but knowing that this company supports liberty and a, and with a CEO that walks with Christ. Also, my thefoundersbible.com, thefoundersbible.com. Your promo code there is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. The Founders Bible is the Bible of our time. It is literally the best thing you can have out there right now in biblical text, in my opinion. It's a combination that brings the best translation I feel on the market, which is an NESB 1995 edition mixed with intermixed with documents from our founding fathers. It's literally a lesson in God's word combined with a lesson in our own history of how our founding fathers used scripture as a living language. 
So check it out at thefoundersbible.com, promo code BARDS to save 20% on those Bibles, heirloom Bibles that are printed in the United States. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com is the coffee for whole body health. It's designed literally for the warriors of this time. One cup a day keeps you going all day. The Expedition Coffee is also designed to boost your immune system while keeping you focused and giving you mental, mental clarity all day long. In addition to Expedition Coffee, which is a foundation product, there's a number of other products that create a whole health ecosystem to help reclaim your health sovereignty. Those include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. That Gut health is one of the biggest problems we have in maintaining solid health in our bodies. We also have the Immune XP, Immune XP, which is a pinecone extract-based immune booster with high levels of vitamin C. Also, Earth, which is a full-body nutrient supplement. One scoop mixed with water each day gives you all the nutrients your body needs as a foundation. And finally, Pure 47. Pure 47 is a, the, the most refined silver extract on the market. It's an essential item in your cabinet it helps isolate pathogens and keeps your immune system strong. All of those work together to create a whole health ecosystem to reestablish health sovereignty for each and every one of us. And you can get those at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So, Patriots, I'm going to begin with a quote tonight from Thomas Jefferson. It reads, I sincerely believe that banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies. What's going on in Canada right now should open everybody's eyes. Prime Minister, totalitarian lover, and weenie snip, little Castro of Canada, has managed in seven days to completely take down what was considered to be one of the most stable Western democracies. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Canada has fallen in seven days with a combined effort of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and the globalist agenda, which is built around the Great Reset, which is driven by corporate partnerships with government agencies. That's known as corporate fascism, by the way. Canada started out protesting mandates. It ended up make, stand, making a stand for liberty that endured for 22-plus days, ending in the brutality of unnamed police officers in Stasi uniforms, essentially, crushing them, confiscating vehicles, arresting people, and now employing the draconian rules of a totalitarian state, which have now been extended by their Duma, I'm sorry, their, their parliament, it's, it's literally the CCP on our, on our northern border, and it's bad. So I, if, if you find that I am speak frustratingly towards patriots that are more consumed about their stupid migration towards truth social than paying attention to what's going on in the norm, northern border, I will not make any apologies for that. I could care less what the social media platforms are right now, and while that's an important migration, when everybody is so focused and so consumed with what number ranking they are to open a new account on Truth Social rather than focusing on the real threat, it makes me highly suspicious of what the motives were of releasing Truth Social at one of the most critical junctures in Western history. 
it is also bring begs some serious questions as again as to what we're who's playing who here. This neurotic approach that we have going on right now with this idea that somehow true social is going to solve all of our problems by bringing everybody together. I want to read you a couple of quotes today that are quite frankly, um, they're stunning. I mean, this comes from, uh, this comes from somebody on telegram, all the fake conservative influencers using bots to claim fake faked popularity to drive attack narratives to try to split MAGA into factoring are going to be exposed by Truth Social. Do you see, this is a a crazy moment we're having here. Stu Peters uh, published an issue, a statement on vaccines and made the comment that those that did it needed to be hung and was, was given a warning block on his comment, which I guess has since been removed. I don't think anybody knew either as well that Rumble is licensed in Canada and they're quickly trying to get themselves re-licensed in Florida. But they were a, they were a Canadian-based company that is now under the rules of our little tyrant's new emergency act that he has put in place up there. So there's a lot of things happening here that you need to pay attention on in the back end. And what my biggest concern is right now as we move into this era with the war being waged on people through corporate entities and banking institutions is that this migration towards truth social with comments like that, which were, comes from significant influencers of the Q movement, is already setting up MAGA to be worst worse and probably even the worst type of ministry of truth in which ministry of truth will determine who is a Trump supporter or not and will shame those who don't line up with their beliefs. That doesn't create a discourse for debate. That creates a monolithic stack of belief which when employed will not do anything to expand the discussion. It will only be another form of fascism. The problem we have right now is a pendulum swing that is not healthy. We're not talking about greater discussion when we are doing this. We have a progressive movement that is literally being driven by policies of the WEF, the World Economic Forum, in alignment with corporate capitalism, large corporate capitalism, that is in the at the same time being influenced by major investment groups like those of BlackRock that are literally working in conjunction with the World Economic Forum's vision of creating a stakeholder-based capitalism. Now, what that means is that the investor is no longer important. The stakeholders, those that own the companies, are the ones that will get the greatest reward. And the stakeholders will change the way investors work by changing their companies and forcing investors to comply. That's what Larry Fink is doing in BlackRock. He's bought into the World Economic Forum. They're going to corporations and letting them know that they're reshaping the landscape, and if they don't comply, they will not get investment money. So corporations are kowtowing to the BlackRock model. When we start to work at our level, we need to be working on broad-spectrum information awakening not threatening people that are Trump haters or whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. If somebody has something to say, we want to hear it. And the only way we're going to get through this is to have open discussions. But when we start to 
to stovepipe ourselves again and MAGA becomes a stovepipe. I've said this all along. I'm not in favor. You're not going to find me on True Social. I'm just going to be clear about it. And so I guess by definition of what I've read today, because I'm not going to go to True Social, I'm now an anti-Trumper, just so we say this. And this is what's insane about this. And, and, and by following the logic of MAGA, not only am I an anti-Trumper, I'm an anti-patriot because I don't want to stand on truth social. So the principle is this, and I've said this all along, and it, it goes back to what Teddy Roosevelt reminded us, that anybody that believes that the president is somebody that we do not criticize, that in itself is an act of treason because no president is above the people and the people, and no president is above God. Those are very important principles here. So the the issue at hand, I mean, so I'm just going to say this because I'm going to get a bunch of people asking me, when are you going to get to True Social? The answer for a very simple answer, Bards FM will not be on True Social, period, end of story. And I'm not going to take it any farther because I don't want to be part of a cult. And that's essentially what's evolving there. And there's way too much of that neurosis happening now of people wanting to have the counter swing to the progressives and in doing so are becoming more progressive than progressives in their attitude towards information. That's not just, and that's not truth. That's socialism in truth. Okay. And this is just another mirroring of what's going on on a greater spectrum on the, on the strategic level with the world economic forum. You see, let me, let me read you something here that I think you'll find very interesting. And this is essentially what has happened to our world with the digital world. And it reads this. This actually comes from an article that was uh, published in Doomberg, D-O-O-M-Berg. And it's called What Canada Means for Crypto. This is a really interesting perspective here. The digitization of currency ties each individual directly transparently to their money and empowers the state with decision power on whether any particular citizen is allowed to transact in modern society. Your money no longer represents stored wealth that can be exchanged for goods and services. Rather, it represents stored wealth that can be exchanged for goods and services as permitted by the state. Mostly gone is the anonymity that comes with transacting in physical cash. The ultimate manifestation of decentralized currency, which is physical cash and not having your name attached to it. As it says here, just try booking a hotel with nothing but cash and a valid passport. Yeah, have you tried that lately? It doesn't work. Otherwise, you have to put some massive deposit down, like four or $500 at the desk. In its place, we find a myriad of extrajudicial procedures and complex regulations that strip us away from our freedoms and if left unchecked will ultimately wake make a way or make way for the displacement of our representative democracies with totalitarian states that's exactly where we are right now and so as we continue to work within a digital sphere we start to find that we are constantly moving around in trying to uh, work around rules and regulations that tell us what we can say. And that is just an extension of what's already happened in our economic sphere. What is happening right now in Canada is the rollout of the WEF's version version of a 
social credit score. And it's happening at light speed in Canada. And where the way they did this was they took advantage of a peaceful demonstration that was against the motion of the WEF. They used their information warfare, which is what we talked about last night. And they waged a ruthless information war that in the end pointed the finger at the people as being white supremacists and Nazis. And then from there, they turned, they used that as justification to implement what they needed to do, which was to take away all the rights of the people, put the country under a form of martial law, which, which they just call Emergency Powers Act, which they said was a temporary act, which they've already extended, and now they're voting on to make the ability to suspend bank accounts a permanent feature within the Canadian government. The government in Canada was overthrown in seven days using economic blitzkrieg. Now, this is a Nazi tactic, if you're not familiar with it. It was a Nazi tactic used in, against, originally used in Poland, that from September, roughly September 6th to October 3rd in 1942, I believe, I could be off on the year, the Nazis launched an attack on Poland, and they overwhelmed them with armor and infantry. And literally in seven days, or in about 30 days, the entire country fell. Most of the country fell in 16 days. What we just saw in Canada is that as people were protesting in a peaceful way and standing up for a what was their right and actually their God-given right to have a free voice in their ruling class, the ruling class used another form of warfare, which was banking, to leverage the power of the state against the people by taking away their ability to have income. And it's continuing. This is not stopped by any means in Canada. This is a march that you're going to see here that's going to continue, and they're going to selectively assassinate people economically as they move along. This is the true rollout of what the new modern totalitarian state is going to be because it's a migration of the technologies companies with the political state, and with the hard industries. So everybody has been on board with these mandates, forcing people to comply, corporations establishing rules that you aren't going to have a job unless you wear a mask or take an injection. And they get away with it because you don't have to. You're not being forced to work for them. So because you have a choice, they're able to mandate this and they always say, well, you have a choice. You don't have to work here. That's the loophole out for them legally. When you combine that with the indemnification that has happened since the act of 1986 for vaccine development, there is full protection for the vaccine companies. And that leads to the ability for these companies to extort people at a high level. On the back end of this, like I said, is this other agent because none of this can happen unless you have somebody pulling the strings of finances and it's always the pyramid you have to just keep climbing the pyramid and so where do you arrive on the pyramid I mean you come and it's, there's higher up than this but right now where we are in the climbing of the pyramid is we've looked at government corporations that are pulling the strings of government through their lobbyists and through their various agencies and then the tier above that is who's pulling the strings of the corporate entities themselves you have investments 
and it's investment bankers, but who's pulling those strings all the way down? It's the massive investment houses like BlackRock that represent over a trillion dollars in assets. And here's the kicker of it. It's your money. Your money that you invest in your 401k through the various tiers has been consolidated by the various groups and mutual funds and so forth that BlackRock owns and controls as you put your money into these, BlackRock ultimately has full access to your funds. And Larry Fink has led this concept to then change the nature to re-social engineer or to social engineer corporations to be compliant with this idea of the Great Reset. So what is the Great Reset? The Great Reset, and this is another one of these illusions, because if you're following a lot of people that are in kind of the political band of this, you're hearing a lot of conversation, which is ridiculous, about how Russia's being aggressive, how China is the big attack, attack engine on the other front. Here's the reality, okay? All of that is a deception to keep you away from the bigger fight, which is the people versus the tyrants, and the Great Reset is truly focused on the economics of reengineering the world through economics and pressures that don't allow people to escape but are, be, are being forced to accept their choice. Wars are a deception. They're also a profit engine that they've always known. And by keeping people using wars or the threat of wars with people in fear, they constantly avoid looking at where the main problem is. So BlackRock sits above all of this with Larry Fink and his his little engine of people. And they've bought into this idea of the Great Reset, which is, a, is modeled after the CCP. Now, the CCP is part of this. Don't get me wrong. And they aren't good people. But what they are doing is they're working with someone like BlackRock and others at the World Economic Forum to create a global fascist state. And it's the most draconian state ever imagined because once implemented... Their idea is they have total control over every single thing on the face of the earth and that unless you work with them, you will be ostracized and cut out of society. And then as they, they work on a, a human psychology aspect here, which is important to understand, which is that as people get to a certain point, where, and we're at that tipping point right now, the sheep are in the middle. You have the patriots who stand for liberty against the tyrants that control the means of production, which is ironic because that's a Marxist term, by the way. But they, and I say that because the entire concept of Marxism was that the people were taking the means of production away from the industrialists. Trust me, the industrialists have all read Marx. They know him very well, and they understand very well what Marx had done because Marx revealed to the world what the real mechanisms were towards the industrialists making power and exploiting labor. Keep that in mind. That's, this is important because what we are right now, we are the working class in, in, the, in a Marxist sense, and I'm going to use this tonight for a little bit. And we are, in the Marxist sense, we should be rising up together to topple those that own the means of production, which are those that own the factories, those that own the communication systems, because we should be migrating to creating a people's revolution to re create the world. That's in a simple sense what Marxism should be. What Marxism has become is the people have willfully accepted that capitalism doesn't work. 
So they're eagerly looking for a free handout, which is the death of humanity right there. And the industrialists are laughing their tail off, promising the great handout, which they call the great reset. And in so doing are creating a slave matrix that everybody is willfully walking into with eyes wide open. So, we are being we are being corralled right now and the, what happened in canada this last week which is so significant is you witnessed a modern blitzkrieg of taking down a nation it didn't take tanks and infantry on the ground it took a pen stroke and it took the digital uh network to track down all all of the people that they had been monitoring and begin an operation of seizing accounts cutting off passport access or passports for movement using the, this entire network to track people, build evidence cases on what they were saying on social media. And under the, uh, Ty- the Tyranny Act, I'm sorry, the Emergency Powers Act, they were then able to go in and start seizing key people to make an example of them while they bring in some goons, which nobody really knows where they're from, there has been theory that they're UN. That has not been proven, so be careful on that one because you don't. It doesn't take anything to find a hundred goons. You can go to the prisons and find a hundred goons, and that's about what they've done in Ottawa. So they put given. And by the way, under the Emergency Powers Act, anybody can be rapidly sworn as a police officer. For all you know, those people over there that are on the ground could be Antifa in uniform. Keep that in mind because that's what they're going to end up doing is they're turning those, the shock troops into agents of terror on the ground to abuse people. And they count on people complying. They count on people giving in to this force. And many will. And the idea of a totalitarian movement like this, when they take a shock attack at a, can- at a country like Canada and overnight literally turn it into a tyranny, People are caught so off guard and so off balance that they can't really process what has happened because they didn't see it coming. Those that were awake saw it coming. But those that have been wrapped up in it or playing on social media or entertaining themselves with a new account on on Truth Social, hint, hint, have been completely deceived and are not paying attention to what is coming here. That's what is the bottom line here. If you don't see what is coming here next, it started in Canada. Listen to this short piece today from Steve Bannon. You not only told us this was going to happen, you said, hey, this is going to be a precursor to the United States of America. Dr. Wolf. Sure. Um, I've always promised that I would tell people when we were here at the last stage martial law, the coup. And... It's a really sad day. I know you say no tears on the war room, but it's really hard not not to cry, not just for Canada, but for the United States. So here's here's what's happened in an essay of mine you can read on Substack. It's going pretty viral. I point out that at this stage, Trudeau and Christian Freeland, you know, they are dictators and that what happens right now in history is either arrest or be arrested, um, that uh, the 
and, and also treason as a criminal charge is very real because um, he's waging war against Canada, basically, which is there's a broad definition of treason in Canada. So it's a, an incredibly dangerous time. And I don't think, you know, you and I often talk about, I warn about especially how dangerous that hangover period is, which is so interesting in history when Mussolini has already, you know, surrounded the parliament and the parliamentarians keep thinking they're deliberating right, but it's already over. That's such a dangerous moment. And that's where Canada is right now. Parliamentarians in Canada don't realize what kind of danger they are in, because at this point in history, uh, the, the dictator arrests other parliamentarians on trumped up charges, opposition uh, voices. You're seeing that you told me about the arrest of one of the uh, activists with the truckers and this draconian set of sentences. Um, there's freezing of bank accounts, which, as you recall, I predicted on this show on February 12th, a week before it happened. Um, and and you also see the rounding up of editors and journalists um, for arrest. You see the criminalization of speech. They're rushing to do that. And the biggest danger to us, as well as to the people of Canada and parliamentarians, is the violence that's, in my view, not coming from named badged police in Ottawa. Uh, I'm very worried about these super violent, unidentifiable kind of black clad masked uh, security forces that are violent and, and, and sending violent images, which I predicted here on this show would happen around the world. Same unidentifiable security forces in Paris committing horrible violence against people. This is a tactic like we talked about last night. And the tactic is part of this fifth generation of warfare where information is, and perception is the predominant mechanism to control and dominate the world. So using violence and visual scenes of violence, which are easy to capture then, because the best thing about violence is that in a, in a social media rich environment, people will capture it and create their own memes for it and transmit it. So for the core movement, it will galvanize the movement and it will bring those that are sympathetic to the movement towards those that have galvanized around the concept of liberty. For another portion, it will suppress them and they will continue to be quiet. They'll be afraid. And so this is the idea now is that the more that they can express this totalitarian concept of obedience or, or pain, they're separating out those that are going to be the, the new class of obedient slaves versus those that are a known quantity of defilers and defiant. I'm very proud to be a defiant defiler. And according to DHS, I'm also a domestic terrorist. I guess that's good too. I, I, actually, it's great. I, I need to get a shirt. I'm a domestic terrorist. I love Jesus. So, this is kind of the, the, the game that's being played here. And we are working into a place where truth is only based on the compliance to the state. That goes back to the money system and why that's so important. Because the social credit score is engineered in such a way that your actions dictate whether you get access to your money or not. Very important. So it doesn't matter what you earn. You could work all day long, and this is exactly what they will do. You will work all day long. And so what happens with money as we, and the power of money is this, and it's easily said like this, and obviously money is probably one of the most uh, energy-packed things in, in the universe. You take an hour of physical labor, 
And that hour of physical labor is reduced down to a number of pieces of paper as we have cash at this point in time. So let's say you're making $30 an hour. You are you work one hour of hard labor, whatever that is. It could be intellectual or it can be physical, but you're going to put your all into that for 30 for 60 minutes. And at the end of 60 minutes of dedicated labor that's coming from you and your soul, you're going to get 30 pieces of paper. That's going to create a value relationship for you that you're not going to want to let go of. This is the trap. This is the part of the Babylonian money magic is that then you're clinging onto those 30 pieces of paper. And what happens? You are stepping away from that trust in God that God will provide because the 30 pieces of paper that you're clinging onto represent your labor. And that's what you have to show for it. And that's what you want to hang on to and use wisely and miserly use over your expenditures because it's what you earned. It's not what God gave you. It's not what God provided for you. But this is how they separate us at a very fundamental level from liberty to obedience to tyranny. And it's done right at that point. That's what I've argued so many times I think is missed when we look at the flipping of tables with Christ is that. He flipped tables of the money changers. What was happening with the money changers? They were taking an effort of labor and love and converting it to physical coin. And it then becomes something that people not only want, desire to possess and worship, it then becomes a coin that the Pharisees can use in any way they, they choose. And it's not anymore a power or gift from God. It's a very important concept to, to understand here. So, what we're having here as we move forward is a greater extent of that. And you're seeing right now that as they rip people away from their money, you're seeing some true patriots. There's been some, been some Canadian truckers that are phenomenal, just saying, take my truck, take whatever, liberty's greater than me. But you're going to see the separation of people, those that will galvanize around the concept of liberty, and again, those that will be afraid and timid to lose their money and will then end up complying to the state. The more that they pressure people through the through the extraction of wealth and taking their money through the bank accounts, the more they will collapse the sheep, the middle base of sheep or people that are sitting quiet and dormant and they will comply rather than defy. That's the expectation in this greater movement of forcing people to social engineer into this new concept of the world economics forms vision of the Great Reset. The Great Reset builds itself on absolute 100% compliance to the state, and it's worse than that because the integration of the digital world, and so that when you look at the Klaus Schwab model, which has managed to galvanize industries, it's taken the tech industry, which is always looking for new ways to expand its technology into people's lives. You're taking the hard industries and they're telling the hard industries, you're going to have to change because in order for us to move forward, we have to make people, we have to force people to invest the way we want, not the way they want. And that's what Larry Fink's big role is. And that's exactly what they're doing because by changing and social engineering corporations, they're forcing people to accept a new way. But it doesn't stop there because you have to create a compliant base. So part of that was the COVID reset. And to do that, you have to inoculate the public with fear. And as they become inoculated with fear, they stop thinking and they start worrying about just 
today and maybe tomorrow, but they don't worry about the futures. And of course, then you get the pressures of the supply chain threat as they change things over, the loss of money, and people start to become narrower and narrower, and they start to be obedient to the agents of the state. You also need education, because in the education system, you have to create a new group of people that's coming up that believes in the untruths. So these untruths, this is where Common Core comes in because it literally flips truth on its head. This is where CRT comes in because it literally turns race against race, all in the name of unification and fair access and progressive values. And so they have created a cauldron that they are churning constantly. And in this churning of cauldron, they are churning everybody against each other. Now, where, let's bring Canada back in. What was what happened in Canada that caused them to trigger this totalitarian move so quickly? It was the fact that Canada unified as a nation. See, the, the, win, the win in Canada had nothing to do with occupying Ottawa with trucks. And it had a lot to do with disrupting supply chains, but even more it had to do with the fact that Canadians were coming together face-to-face and realizing how much commonality they had and not the difference because everything up to this point has been about dividing people, isolating, dividing. You've got the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers, and you have that visceral hate that they have managed to dump a ton of fuel on that fire. And you have the the panic-driven side of society confronting against a calm and spiritual-founded part of society. So the unvaxxers tend to be very grounded in faith, very secure with who they are. And you have the others that have taken the injection and whatever the injection is doing to them, which that's a whole other hour of discussion. And then the compliance to the mask, they're always being inoculated with fear. So you have an emotional, irrational part of the world confronting against a very stable and faith-driven part of the world. So the stable ones can endure it, but the irrational ones are always lashing out, which is proven true. And then you start, and since the irrational ones are in fear, they're turning to their leaders, which have power to say, change this rule, do this, take away their rights, excommunicate them, put them in camps, exterminate them. They're out of their mind. They're literally out of their mind, but that's part of this division and control of how the totalitarian regime is growing like a cancer across the globe. So when Canada launched its movement, its trucker movement, which was about mandates, notice how that movement grew very quickly into the fight for liberty. And even greater was the fact that both vaxxed and unvaxxed were coming to the same conclusion that we were facing, that they were facing a crisis with their government that had to step back and let people choose. Now, I have been very much against the mandate push. I've said all along, if we want to get to the core of this, you have to stop the injection. But I will give a lot of credit here towards this perspective, is that in the end, it is an individual's choice. The problem we've lacked all the way along here is full disclosure. We have not had full medical disclosure on what these injections are doing to people. So the number of people who have taken the injection, many, most, I would say, most, have been misinformed, taken an injection based on false pretenses, and in so doing are now in a box because if they admit to the truths that are being presented before them, they have to admit something very dark and draconian. And that is they've shortened their life and they are now living in a 
time capsule of unknowns with a high percentage of probability that they will get, they will grow cancers, have blood clots, heart conditions, or neurological problems. And that without the boosters, they may not be able to survive. That threat of reality, that dark, dark reality that sits before them will keep many in the side of defending their use of the vax. Sadly, but that's true. Because that red pill that they have to take is so massive, I don't know how they're going to get through. Our role is significant there because we have to walk people through and we have to work as a spiritual foundation to get them to understand that a mistake like this can be healed and the most important part to heal ourselves is through God. But I'm already seeing it in social media, by the way. I saw this whole rant today about somebody just proclaiming that it is absolutely unright to, to judge Christians who have taken this. They did this in good faith of God. And I'm like, no, you did not. You took this in good faith of a pastor who deceived you. And now your only way forward here is to repent. That's, I'll hold that line till the end. Never going to change that one. But anyway, I digress a bit. So where we are right now is this place in Canada where they came together and they woke up as a nation. They went, wait a minute. We've been deceived. The government deceived us who took the vax. We are not so different. Matter of fact, we're all kind of in the same boat. We just were, we were divided by fear. And when that movement, which I've said all along, I have a lot of suspicion that the trucker movement was originally started by some rather nefarious monies and perhaps some nefarious organizers. It didn't stay there. It overflowed in a way that was out of control. And so the movement that started to be an anti or protest towards mandates became a protest or became a process of unification and solidarity and an awakening of God in the nation that was very agnostic. Once that happened and was realized, they had no way to control it. What did they do? A stroke of a pen, they toppled the government, though they won't tell you this, but this is exactly what happened. A stroke of the pen, they toppled the government, and they executed totalitarian measures to arrest people, start seizing their bank accounts, crushing them, and excommunicating them from society. In effect, what they were really saying is this, if you stood against us, we will now starve you out and kill you by attrition. We're assassinating you economically so you cannot function in this society in any way, and you will be exiled. That is what they just did in Canada. That's what Trudeau just executed along with 180-plus members of his Duma, I'm sorry, his uh, parliament. So what is coming in Canada now is going to be the political assassination of people in an economic and political way. You know, this is, they have no choice. That is the, the world economic forum has no choice and they'll do it quietly and they'll do it with all sorts of media fanfare and they will do all sorts of disinformation. You will get people losing their accounts. It's already been happening. Small wage earners that have been doing the $20, $50. And why are they doing those? Why are they targeting those at all? Because it, is, it inoculates more fear in the movement to try to divide the movement. The only way we are going to get through this is staying unified and working together and understanding that they are going to selectively pick off anybody that they can to try to weaken the unification of the movement. They need that. Because when people are united, they don't have a system that will work. 
They can threaten you. They can arrest you. They can beat you. But when you stand strong, their system doesn't work. And what you end up doing is you start to peel off within their own ranks those that are of being extorted, that don't really want to be there, those that made a bad decision to get overtime pay like some of the dumb cops up there. That's what you end up doing. And the power of a presence of noncompliance, a unified front that is not violent but anchored in prayer and faith is just that, is it's rippling against them in a way that no matter what they do, they can't break that line. I can't stress that enough, that this is the way forward of how to crush this tyranny. And there really aren't any many other options. The defiance piece is huge. They are going to go after people in in Canada over the coming months. We are faced with something coming here, and it will take a different form because their playbook isn't fixed per country. Understand that. It's a very critical component. And what they're telegraphing here in the States is it's going to come about through a cyber attack or is what they're saying. They're telling banks to be prepared because Russia is going to do a cyber attack. Russia is not going to war with Kiev, but they're going to make it seem that way. If anything, the CIA and the MI. MI5 and MI6 are going to do their thing over there to start a war. Unfortunately, we have way too many military types that are beating the war drums, talking about how Putin is making an overreach. Putin is doing nothing other than what he has as a right to do as a nation. Kiev, by the way, if you don't know, is the origin home of Russia. Those are common people. They'd be like declaring war from in Southern Oregon against another Southern Oregon County. <laughs> I had to pause for a minute because I'd be like, Southern Oregon declaring war against Portland. Yeah, I could do that, but that's another subject. But anyway, it's common people. So there is, we are watching a mass manipulation to keep people distracted while pointing the finger at Russia, being prepared now to nuke the banks and probably nuke the infrastructure, and in the process of that, they'll reset things, would be my anticipation, if they get this far. And I'm just I'm just saying this is where I expect it's going to go. And then in the process of reset, there'll be a period of time now where they're going to start forcing people into this work of the digital currency. Remember, the ultimate goal is to get rid of cash, to get all your currency into the digital system, just control every bit of your transaction so that they can then monitor your lifestyle and tie that to your ability to use the cash. And again, that's money that you earn, but the state's going to decide whether you can use it. That's the ultimate model of tyrannical control. So as I always say, you know, there's always a way through this. Don't get fixated on what they're telling you. Always look towards the options out. Obviously, one of them in the immediate is defiance, not compliance. And that other part, which I keep talking about over and over, and we're going to get into more of this tomorrow night, is building your networks to where you can start doing exchanges and locally relying on local things, pairing back to what you fundamentally need, not not buying excess, and being able to be prepared in such a way to endure six months or so so that you can start building those local networks and as this thing starts to roll out. You cannot let yourself get tied into the system. And it's a big deal because they have people so wrapped around this sort of state-run capitalism, greater than most people realize. If you're, if you're living on pensions, if you're living on government-provided pensions, I'm going to tell you they're going to squeeze you. There's no other way to say it. It's coming. So 
we have to start working together as a fellowship of, of God's children, literally, to start looking at how we can help one another. That's principally what God wants us to do anyway. And this is why I keep saying this is one of the greatest gifts we can ever be given if we execute it. If we run in fear and try to figure out how individually we're going to stand, you're going to get crushed. But if we can stand together, then we're undefeated. We're not at all. We can't be defeated. Let me read you, as we close here, let me read a quote from Genghis Khan. Not even a mighty warrior can break a frail arrow when it is multiplied and supported by its fellows. As long as your brothers support one another and render assistance to one another. Your enemies can never gain the victory over you. But if you fall away from each other, your enemy can break you like a frail arrow one at a time. And it's such common sense and such good war strategy from one of the greatest conquerors in human history. We have to stay united, patriots. That is the only way forward here. And if we are not united and they can start attacking individually or start pulling people out, and we are not working to make sure that we are supporting each other. That's the big one. This is how they're going to break in and start taking over. But as long as we stay united in a front, Canada has given the lead on this in a beautiful way. They can't stand. Remember, these events aren't just happening in Canada. They've been happening in France, in UK, Denmark. They've been happening in Germany, Australia, Italy all over the Western world, and they're starting to really grow up here now. We have to stay united on the, as a front, and it's always the same issue. Defiance, not compliance. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We've come together to reflect very deeply as we do each night on the challenges that are set before us. Lord, in such a time as this, when there is so much deception going on, we are literally walking as said in Joel 3.14, in the valley of decision. Multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Lord, our choices are very clear. To stand strong in unity with one another or to be separated and be pulled off and sucked into this tyrannical matrix. So tonight we pray for the unity of patriots across the world in the strength in coming together, in the fellowship that we are building. And more than unity, Lord, we're praying for the fellowship to support one another, to go back to the principle of sharing and always looking forward to giving to others to help raise up everybody. This is such a critical moment, Lord, and such a transformational moment, and in another sense, a transformational gift. We're humbled and we thank you for this opportune time where the true meaning of fellowship is the true words of victory. Lead us, Lord, in this place and in these moments when we hesitate to remind us that together, unified and supporting one another, we will conquer this as we stand boldly as an army, your army, Lord, in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, I... Know that in times when these things get heavy and they look big, remember, they're still controlling a lot of the narrative. And I say that because their messaging gets replicated into patriot messaging. And there's a lot of OODA loops that end up happening there because they're controlling a message and anticipating what people are going to say. What's hard to do is to look at the bigger picture and say, what's our route forward? And this is where scripturally we have so much to gain here and we have an upper hand in this. 
God's mapped out a very effective process and plan for us to live and survive this. And it's so fundamental to who we are supposed to be. And the fundamental issue is that we are united, not divided. We walk in one body of Christ. And in that strength that we do, we have to continue not just to say, well, I'm in agreement with somebody. We have to look for the opportunities to support and help people when they're down, to raise them up, and each of us paying forward in that, in that way. As we do that, we create an unstoppable wave that cannot be defied. And in the worst case here, what we're, what's happening, and as they tell us they don't want us part of their system, I've said this so many times, it is an exodus, and I'll take that exodus from them because they're giving it. They think that we won't survive it. I've got news. We will. And not only will we survive it, we will prevail. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. This is a glorious time to be in this fight and glorious time to be anchored in our faith, the rock of faith, and our intimate relationship with Father. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we have to trust in him and remember our mission. We are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. And our mission is simple. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. All right, Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor 
will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 